Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All season long in Oilers Now, we have the Oilers Now Injury Report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to James H. Brown. They're huge supporters of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks, as well as the Alberta Golden Bears. Trent Brown, of course, played for the U of A, probably the best player out of that program in the last 40 years. And he's hurting for certain because she's green and gold at heart. And uh, to talk a bit about the current play of the Edmonton Elks, we welcome back... Uh, to the show, uh, Edmonton Elks color analyst and 6:30 Chad Dave Campbell. Hello, Dave. How are you, Bob? I'm great. How you doing? Not bad. So, just before we get to uh, the Elks, uh, so I relayed my story about getting scared, you know whatless on the acreage, and then finding out just this past summer that there was more to the story than I realized. Uh-huh. Uh, and this was right after Salem's lot had come out. David soul was in that and, uh, about vampires and hallow, you know, the, the two glick boys scaring the crap out of everybody. Um, mm-hmm. for my art, did you have a, a particularly gruesome, uh, horror film that, uh, and, and if you want to jump in, you can text us on the Ashley fine floors text line. Which horror? I mean, we have Orrin Coolis as part of the Saw franchise. I got to get Orrin on the show one of these days. He played in the Western League. He was owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you have a, a an all time scare flick that you just still rattles you to this day? Okay, so I, in general, I hate horror. That's the genre I hate the most. I just don't see the point of going to a movie theater or watching a movie that's going to scare the living daylights out of you. Uh, now, now that being said. I like science fiction movies. That's that's a, that's a genre I do like. The first two Alien movies, Alien and Aliens, and specifically Alien, because that's more uh, specified or uh, described as a horror flick. Sure. Uh, more than Aliens, even though there are some scary moments. I, I, it freaks me out. But I just love the acting in it. I just love the suspense. The story is great. and But every time I watch it, and I haven't watched it for a few years. In fact, you know, the last time I watched it, you know, this is how uh, this is how sometimes uh, silly I can be. You know, I remember being on the road somewhere. It might have been, I'll just throw out uh, Vancouver for an example. And it's on like at 1130 at night. So what does Dave do? Oh, let's watch that before I go to sleep. That's a really stupid move. But anyway, so I would say it's the first two Alien movies. Alien and Aliens, especially Alien. That's that. that's uh, that's about as horror as I get. I know a lot of people didn't like The Witch 
again, if you lived on an acreage and your house was cut off and you had a tree line, the witch would scare you. Text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, scariest horror movies, and we'll bang off some of those uh, in a second. The Edmonton Elks, are uh, they're trying to enlighten the mood a bit around their football team day. Won't be easy. BC can play a little bit of defense. Give me your assessment on the Elks 0-7 start to the season. Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I would say it's, I can't remember the last time I've seen a 60-minute sort of effort from this team. And we've seen uh, pockets of good football, but not enough. And I think lately what we're seeing, Bob, is good starts, good first halves, followed by horrific third quarters. And in the fourth quarter, it's kind of balanced a little bit, or we've seen the Elks kind of come back after being down by a lot. I'm thinking of the game in, at home against the Argos and and a couple of weeks ago against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, I'm seeing good play out of their defense for the most part, except for the run defense. And I think what we're seeing lately there is just that, you know, the Elks are dictating play for most of the first half, even into the third quarter, but then uh, they tire in the fourth quarter. And you saw last week in Winnipeg, Brady Oliveira and that uh, run unit, uh, they were just, having their way against the Elks. Um, I'm seeing a special teams unit that's sort of, you know, it's not bad. It's not great either. Dean Faithful has kicked five straight field goals after missing two in uh, in Regina uh, on July the 6th. Return game isn't too bad. Cover units aren't too bad. It's the offense, though, Bob. That's what I'm, th- I'm, I'm worried about. And the last three games, they've moved the ball better but they're not finishing. And uh, that's been a real problem. You know, Taylor Cornelius is still the starting quarterback and he hasn't, uh, I think, carried the water the way he should. He hasn't gotten help too. The O-line struggling receivers aren't catching footballs when, you know, he does throw an accurate ball and they are having a little bit of trouble running the football. The last three games they have been, you know, over 100 yards in each of those three games. So, and, and, you know, it's just, and, every, and I talked to Chris Jones about it, Bob, every week, like he says, if there was, if it was the same people or the same problem, it would be easy to fix, but it seems like every single game, there are a new set of issues that the coaching staff has to look at and try and correct for next game. So uh, we'll see. I mean, the Lions are talented defensively, the number one unit in the league. They don't have Vernon Adams, a quarterback. They have Dane Evans, a quarterback, but still, that's a that's a pretty pretty strong offense they're going to face. So they're going to have to be on their P's and Q's to win this one tomorrow. So Dave, here's the, here's the thing. Like Chris Jones, at the time in which the Edmonton Elks announced the change that they were making with Sunderland and Elizondo and Preston, I mean, I, I, I thought, okay, Jones, uh, he's he's been a GM before, he's been the coach, and he's a good defensive coordinator. And I envisioned the Elks' defense being better. Um and it has been. I mean, the run defense hasn't been great, but there, he tends to find playmakers on D. And I thought, okay, the special teams, they'll actually eventually have a return game. because. Mm. But I, the one question I did have was quarterback. And I just, I mean, and maybe I'm spoiled, Dave, because I grew up, you know, with Wilkie and Lemmerman and then, War, and then Warren Moon. Right. And then out of Warren Moon, we had Matt Dunnigan, Damon Allen, and Tracy Ham. Mm-hmm. And eventually we got to a place where we had Jason Moss and Ricky Ray. And I'm just... Is are there not as many good quarterbacks available, or are the Elks organization not finding them? You you because as it's turned out, I mean, who's the quarterback right now for the Argos? Was he not Elks property at one time? Uh, he was on their negotiation list. You're speaking of Chad Kelly, yeah, who was traded to the Argos for Nick Arbuckle, uh, who eventually got traded to the Ottawa Red Blacks, who that's where he is currently for a draft pick. And yeah, I mean, I think there is a quarterback 
issue in this in this uh, league right now. I mean, we're not in the golden era like we were. I'll even go back to the middle of last decade when he had, you know, still Ricky Ray around and Bo Levi Mitchell and, and Michael Riley and Henry Burris. And, yeah. you know, there was a lot of talent, uh, talented quarterbacks. Even you look at the backups, you know what I mean? Even the mid-range quarterbacks are better than the group that we have here now. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, Kevin Glenn and, and you know, Matt Nichols, those type of players, even Zach Caleros, who's not mid-range. He's, he's the elite of the elite right now. Um, there, there's a problem with the quarterbacking. And, you got to give the Ottawa Redblacks credit for, you know, going with a Dustin Crum and having the faith that, uh, you know, hey, just go out there, kid, and play. Like, we're not going to put you in a box. We're not going to we're not going to tell you, hey, look, you know, follow these three, four keys before you throw the football. It's like if you see it sling, if you don't run, you know, and and it's it's worth They've won two straight, and uh, they almost won. I mean, I'm, I'm, geez, they almost won four straight actually, because you know he almost won the game a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago in, in Hamilton when he first came on the scene um, after uh, Jeremiah Masoli went out uh, with his uh, Achilles injury. So I'll give the Elks credit. I mean, they're trying to build with with some new blood because there's not a lot of experienced quarterbacks out there, Bob and. Uh, give the Lions credit for going out and getting Dane Evans to back up Vernon Adams because you, yeah. you never know, right? So the Elks have Jared Daggy as their backup, Trey Ford, who they traded uh, for or traded for the pick that eventually they used to draft him at eighth, eighth overall in 2022. Um, we saw him last year, won his first start, got hurt the next week, didn't see him for two months, started the final game of the season last year. And since week one of training camp hasn't played very well, you know, in practice mostly. And okay. I think there's probably something deeper going on there. But uh, yeah, I mean, this league has to address the quarterback issue for sure, because without a good court, a group of quarterbacks, this league's in trouble because it is a quarterback driven league. Well, I, and I guess, Dave, here's here's the deal. Like, uh, maybe it's not fair to compare it to the, the 70s and to the mid 80s. Because, frankly, the NFL has expanded their horizons and who they give opportunities to uh, at Mm -hmm. the quarterback position. So people are smart enough to interpret what I'm saying. And more recently, have the other leagues, the the spring leagues, affected uh, the CFL a bit? Or is that just a cop-out? What do you think? Oh, no, I think think it's totally true. Like, you, you just can't. Um, you, you you can't just go out there and uh, you know go to a Division One school, for example, and say, "Hey, there's the CFL. Why don't you come up here and, and try your hand at it?" You know, there are players that see the USFL and the XFL as a chance to play in the US and to play closer to NFL teams and find a way to uh, try and make their mark there. And then you know you have the you know name, image, and license agreements, the NIL agreements down there as well with with college, which are being handed to athletes that have no future in pro football <laughs> or pro sports. Period. But they they get a chance to make you know six figure money before even stepping onto a pro football field. So that doesn't help. So you know Chris Jones talked about this last year, where you know we have to become recruiters again, and we have to you know, really, really dig into the college football world. And uh, we have to go to division two. We have to go to division three. We have to go to NAIA. We have to, you know, really, uh, you know, comb the the universe of pro football or uh, college football beyond division one. So there's no question those two leagues have caused a, an issue for, for the CFL is, is they're competing with those leagues now, and even though I do believe the quality of the of the CFL is better, 
I mean, you look at the quarterback uh, play alone, and if we're not careful up here, you know, because I, I criticize both the XFL and the USFL for having overall poor quarterback play, the CFL is not far behind having that criticism as well. So there's no question that the the league has to do something to try and make this league more attractive. Is and it's tough because you know when you're you got two pro leagues that are spring leagues, and um, you know you can stay home and make a you know make some coin there. Still, maybe it's not necessarily the best route. I mean, the CFL has always been a pretty good route for for players who you know want to get shots in, in the NFL and doesn't always work. But you know, it's, this this league has always been the second best pro league in the world, and they have to find a way to maintain that. Well, there's another advantage that those two U.S. leagues have, and that's that they're playing American rules. And that's my. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like I'm, a, I don't know. I, I like I'm Canadian. I I, I grew up watching the CFL. Uh, I love Canada. I don't love everything about Canada, but I love Canada. But I am concerned we're going to get a place to a place, Dave Long. You know where I'm going. Viability wise yes. for the Canadian Football League, are we going to have to adopt NFL rules? And if that happens at that point, does that result in getting better players into the CFL? Is that where we're headed? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think that's a little premature, but I, yeah. I think it's something to watch with the two leagues down south. I mean. If they if they find a way to stick, and they find a way to grow, and I think that that's the problem with with spring leagues is it's expensive to start up. I mean the way the US USFL is doing it is it's central, but that doesn't really work. I mean everything's kind of paid for them, but you know it, it, it they're, they're kind of like a it's just a it's just a centralized uh, league in a centralized location right so that's 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 tough and even the xfl's kind of taken that that approach it's hard to scale uh, when you do something like that but in the xfl i mean they're losing so much money too so i think it depends on how successful those two leagues are um but i think the cfl is a ways away from thinking about adopting uh, you know, the, the I, I four hope downs that never and, happens. and the American rules. I hope it never happens. And uh, the one advantage that the CFL has over uh, the other two spring leagues is those spring leagues are not going to compete against college football in the fall. Because if you go no. to the southeast part of the United States, college football trumps the day, as you know, Dave. I mean, Absolutely. it has massive coverage. Dave, uh, countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott at 3.30. Um, yes. Have a great broadcast tomorrow night, and thank you for taking time to join us on Oilers Now. Bob, it's a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. That's uh, Dave Campbell. He's with Morley Scott for tomorrow night's game. Brendan, you also have uh, Blake Dermott as part of your guys' show. What else you got cooking for countdown to the kickoff for tomorrow? Uh, we're going to be busy actually connecting with uh, alumni Grant Shaw. He will swing by the booth at about uh, 3.45 or so, so fairly early on. And then uh, we're going to chat with Matt Baker, who was formerly on air with our sister station. Now he's the communications guy for the Lions, so we'll get a, a deeper look. At so the- he took over from Jamie Carmel. That's exactly right. Jamie Carmel uh, this year won the Dick Dillman Award with the Edmonton Oilers. By the way, Brendan, uh, I'm getting old because I can remember when Grant Shaw played for the Edmonton Huskies. Now he's a retired CFL player. Uh-huh. That makes me old. It's 148. <laughs> We're going to bang off a bunch of your texts on, on horror films when we come back, and uh, we'll get to this day in Oilers history. I do want to mention to Royal Pizza, uh, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for 50-plus years. You can get a free 2-liter Coke with a purchase of $35 or more online at royalpizza.ca. I had the uh, Mediterranean chicken last night. What a surprise at uh, Royal Pizza. Uh, again, visit uh, the 
Royal Pizza, royalpizza.ca, or the Royal Pizza app. Uh, back with this day in Oilers history and your text to close out the show. All right, uh, that is the theme from The Exorcist because we had about 19 texts come in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. What's the scariest movie you ever saw? Kim in Edmonton says, Bob, The Exorcist was so disturbing back in the day. Uh, people truly feared the devil and possession. I saw it as a teenager with some friends at the old Capitol Theater downtown. People screamed. Some couldn't handle it. They left. Scary, scary, scary. Um I hear the Pope's exorcist out this year is truly scary. I believe that in some of the theaters in the States when the exorcist came out, people were vomiting in the in the aisles because that's how nervous and scared they were. It was just horrifically. I, to be honest with you, I don't like it at all. Um... Uh, uh, well, Shep from Sylvan Lake says, Bob, I spend uh, May to October near Sycamus, B.C. I listen every day on satellite radio or in podcast. Five to seven, I'm choked. Make it work, boys. Well, we're going to... We're going we're gonna to try to do our best, 5 to 7, that's for sure, but we appreciate your feedback. Again, you can text us. We, uh, this text comes in. The Shining stands out as one of the greatest horror movies of all time, but I'll off, go off the board and say a movie that's horror adjacent The Road starring Viggo Mortensen isn't Viggo Mortensen from Montreal I think he's a huge anybody who's watched too many zombie or end of the world movies and thinks uh, post uh, uh, yeah A New World would be cool should watch that movie because that's probably how it'd be like also the cellar scene is just horrific in The Road I have not seen uh <laughs> I've not seen the road. Hacksaw says, Bob, what about Count Floyd skits on on uh, Count Floyd? Not Saturday Night Live, but what was the show? Filmed on SCTV, right? Count Floyd. You know what made me laugh about Count Floyd? Brandon, it's before your time, but... He'd be sitting there, and he was he was put two hundred bucks on the uh, the 49ers this week, and for, like that was part of the skit. They'd always catch him before he was ready to go, and it reminded me of guys that I knew at most sports parlor back in the day. <laughs> Actually, I knew a guy who was nicknamed the Count, uh, but he didn't gamble on NFL. Uh, well, he didn't technically gamble. Bob, what about Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Ten years old, and my older brother made me watch it. Uh, I slept with my parents for the next three nights. That one comes to us from Mark. Again, you can text us, 780-496-0063. Bob, I've seen the people under the stairs when I was a kid. It scares the jeepers out of me. I still can't go up the stairs without looking behind. That one comes to us from Mike. Uh, the Hand was another one that's been suggested uh in the uh, there was a hand that was in like a, a cupboard in the house and was creating havoc that was another horror movie that was very scary brandon again you you gotta you gotta see salem's lot you could just imagine being a you know 11 year old kid living on an acreage it's obviously traumatized me for all these years all right uh let's go to this day in Oilers history because uh it involves a guy who was later traded, and dare I say, it made a, it was a very good trade. But this day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. We are going to Nashville, where you can see this guy play, uh, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back two years ago. What happened? 
The Oilers re-signing free agent, or about to be a free agent defenseman, Tyson Berry. Three-year deal, uh, $13.5 million total. Berry playing 190 regular season games in all with the Oilers. 132 points over three seasons. The power play quarterback adding 19 playoff games with Edmonton before being dealt, of course, to Nashville as part of the package to acquire Matthias Ekholm on February 28th of this year. Scored a huge goal in Game 6 against L.A. a year ago in the playoffs. Uh, yes, indeed. Tyson, how's this for six degrees of separation? We talked uh, on the show, uh, well, yeah, about Orrin Kulis and the Saw franchise and Tyson Berry's father, Len Berry, partners in the Tampa Bay Lightning with our regular Brian Lawton, who they hired as a general manager to run that team. Uh, all right, Reed Wilkins has got inside sports tonight. Tonight, tonight, what's he got rolling? You will hear a little bit more on the Elks. You'll hear from the other Oilers play-by-play guy, Cam Moon, and BC Lions color analyst, Julio Caravada as well. There you go. Monday, NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. And in studio for an hour... Different type of guest, uh, Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation to talk a bit about his journey. What, what is this from, by the way? Sorry, it's going to pick up in a second, I think. This is this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I did not like this. This I did not like. <laughs> uh, Jerry Johansson coming up. He's got the fourth largest book of clients in the National Hockey League right now at the Sports Corps. He'll be in studio for an hour to do a little bit of storytelling. Hey, thank you to everybody for listening today. Texting us on a bunch of different fronts. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, George LaRock, Jack Michaels, and Dave Campbell. Brendan, great job helping uh, produce a fluid show today. And uh, Brendan's got the countdown to kickoff Saturday, 3.30. Read tonight on Inside Sports. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Then Chelsea will join you in Chelsea on Chad from 3 to 6. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.